episode 183. And now here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. And welcome back once again to the Dharmic Evolution, everybody. Great to have you guys here with me again. So excited. I woke up today and lo and behold, I checked the stats and we're number one in Singapore and iTunes uh, once again. However, once again, not just for music. Captivating all, all genres and categories, uh, Dharmic Evolution is number one in everything beating out even TED Talks. And also, well, I said Singapore were number one for music, but also we're at number one in Japan for music and iTunes. We're number one in music for Sweden. And we're number one in the good old USA. And we're number one in, we're actually, we're number eight in Germany and so forth. There's a lot of other really great listings. I won't go into it, but thank you, thank you, indie music lovers and supporters worldwide. So, I got a really rocking show for you today. We're going south to Nashville. So this artist, he was born in San Antonio, Texas. He grew up soaking in the sounds of Texas music and the dance halls of the Lone Star State. He's always uh, been a big fan of music, and but it wasn't until his you know high school years that he discovered his knack for it. Driven by his passion, he taught himself to play guitar and began to write and perform music. Over the past decade, he's played all over the U.S. and in Europe, including numerous venues in Texas. Pulling from the example of Texas performance artists, he loves to interact with his audience. He captivates the crowd with his genuine personality, unique humor, and heartfelt love of his occupation. So you better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride with Jeremy Parsons. Are you a singer-songwriter, author, speaker or thought leader? Have you been looking for a platform for your career? Well, the James O'Connor Agency has exactly what you are looking for. Find out how we write and produce big, amazing songs on Music Row for authors, speakers, thought leaders and organisations like non-profit and corporations. We also help singer-songwriters and artists by giving them a platform on Dharmic Evolution, a podcast designed specifically to broadcast your global career, now in 71 countries and with more than 161 episodes of artists all over the world from all genres. We know how to reach your target audience. Are you a dreamer like James? Then reach out today to james at thejamesoconnoragency.com and find out how we can help your global career. Jeremy, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, tell us first off, um, you're from Texas, so are you now, are, are you in Nashville right now, or are you in Texas, or where are you in the country? I am uh, considered a, a local Nashvillian as of these days, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. It's good to be here and be accepted. You know, it's uh, being from Texas, you have the choice of either Austin or Nashville, I feel like. And uh, Nashville just felt like the right choice for me. You know, it's so funny you say that because my son is also a singer-songwriter, as I am, that many people know. And he moved to Austin almost a year ago to the day. And I kept saying, check out Nashville, because I spent a lot of time down there. But he felt like, you know, Austin had the pull for him. So he's, he's you know, crushing it. He's playing out, like, constantly and just digging it. So, so Nashville had that same effect on you. You felt like that was home for you. Yeah, and I think it was the, uh, uh, I had to, you know, I, I cut my teeth in Texas. So Austin, like, I played Austin quite a bit, and I didn't play Nashville as much. Right. So when I when I came up here, I think there was a a different allure to it. So because it, it was it was further away, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So so you said you've been accepted, and that's you know when I first started going down here, it's like you know I heard all this rumble and rabble about you out of towners, man. You don't you don't get to participate until you live here for like five years. Then people slowly 
come on. And, and I had a different experience because I, I kind of developed a whole musical family from New Jersey and going back and forth. But tell me about your experience. Like, um, you know, you said it, it's, it's been a relatively positive experience for you, right? It has. And it was kind of a, it, you know, that's a deciding factor. I feel like people come here and they're like, oh, man, if it doesn't work out in like six to eight months, I'm going back. And I'm like, man, that's a short amount of time as far as a career span goes. Like, yeah. Uh, but I, the first, the, my first week here, I played in, I got in on a, probably a Sunday night and I played a writer's round on a Tuesday and uh it was at like 1 30 in the morning I think I finally got up to play and and the response was so positive and they booked me back on a book slot like a book you know you play the open mic section and then if if they think you're good enough you get to come back and play the the booked writer section and uh so the my first night in I got that booked writer spot and uh that that was kind of one of those things, and my dad was with me that night, uh, just trying to get me settled in and stuff. And it was uh, ever since then, it's been like a very similar response. It's been very nice. People have been uh, very open to what I do, and it's it's nice because I feel a lot of people in our our industry they seem to get very threatened by you, and it's weird. Like it's a, people, it's a. It, it becomes like an ego measuring contest sometimes, and it's been nice to just be really received. Because I'm not competitive; I just love what I do, so it's I I, I don't see the point in that. But I've, it's always been nice to be received in a way that's like, oh, we're like I built a family out of out of music up here. It's been really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. You're right, and you know, for what you said earlier, to to just rewind a little bit about you know somebody saying. Hey, if I don't do X in six to eight months, I'm I'm out of here. It's like, well, where do you go anywhere that you can get like traction in six? To, I mean, you you know, you got to spend years and and I always say to people that you know you have to do this for the right reasons too. It's like not all about it. Shouldn't be all about being tops of the pops or or whatever you know the charts and all that. That's great if you have that kind of success, but you know if if the passion isn't there and the drive. And the reward being first and foremost, what's in your heart, then you're probably in the wrong type of business or artistic field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. This is a the, the one. There's no formula to this career. You just have to keep sustaining and keep doing it. And I think people think they're like, oh, man, I got this time limit. I think I can do it. I was like, man, you don't know what's going to happen. Like you could blow out your voice. You might need to take a week off like stuff happens man it's a it's yeah. a full-time job and you got to keep this this and your heart in the right place it's all it all ties together and it's a I think the main point is just like if you want to do this like me I was like people ask me they're like where do you see yourself in five years I was like still playing music yeah <laughs> you yeah know? It's like, right, I want to do right. it I want to do it till I die man I got yeah. no like big projection of like I'm gonna have three Grammys on my shelf I'm like oh, it's a that's a trophy, man. You could melt it down and turn it into a pendant and it would still be a Grammy. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most you're right. The most valuable asset you have is, is your gift of music. You know, and I always cite BB King as the as the greatest and latest example um of a man who lived, you know, a connected life to his passion because he, he literally almost played till the day he died. He was in his eighties and he got he got sick and came off the road and then it was he was gone like in a really, really short time. Yeah. And I think, you know, for anybody out there aspiring to any kind of career, if you can do that, you're 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 living you know, a charmed life. I mean, if you love what you do every single day and you get to do it, you know. And his thing I always left because it was like you know, it always seemed like towards the end, he didn't like even care about playing chords. It's just like he's smiling, he's hitting a few riffs and he's singing uh -huh. and he's just having the time of his life, you know, <laughs> who yeah. wouldn't like that every day, right? Or every night. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it's always great like that. You see people and they like, they don't realize that they're just a living legend. And that's like yeah. the, the coolest part. And Elvis was the same way, man. He was selling out shows, but there's like so many stories of him. He was like, they caught him in back rooms praying that his voice would hold out so he could give the people a good show. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm the greatest that's ever lived. It's like, oh, my God, I'm still 20 years old and I'm scared that my voice isn't going to hold out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it was great. Yeah. Tom Petty's another great example, man. That guy did music until he died, too. I Like, 
so many great songs, so many great records. Wow. Yeah, and it just got they just got better in time. I know Elvis had a lot of trouble because he got so blown up that I, I know he was sick of those movies and everything, and I think it pulled away from his artistic, you know, gifts a little bit yeah. because he was just doing it because all of a sudden you have all these responsibilities. Everybody's, you know, tugging at you and pulling at you and you got to do it for this and you got to do it for all these people that you now hire, you know? So yeah. there's a guilt thing that happens. Hey, you know what? Let's, let's start and uh, give everybody a little bit of slice of what Jeremy's all about. We'll start with um, this first one is uh, making things up as I go. What a great title. So how did you come up with the title for this one? What, what happened here? I was kind of, well, this whole, I made this whole record, the title of the record's called Things I Need to Say, and there was a lot, you know, life happens, as as, is the easiest way to put it, the condensed version, Uh, and this was one of those things, I was writing a lot of really, like, dark and sad songs, and my, I was home visiting my dad, and he goes, man, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the songs you're making for this record are really, really morbid, and I'm like, thanks, what, you know, and I was like, I need to write something that's like, factual but kind of like more lighthearted and you know I, I feel like you wake up in the morning you drink your coffee or whatever you do in the morning and and you start your day and it's it's taking it you know one step at a time and I, I know that's how I do it like it's I don't know you know where I'm going to be at until I wake up so we're just all making it up as we go like right. it's just a you know second to second thing and I, I think it's a good way to look at life and here we go making things up as I go
making it up as I go, making things up as I go. So, you know, that just so reminds me of the big prairies in Texas. So tell us about the song. It's got a great vibe and feel to it. Well, like I said, I wrote it in Texas. So we, uh, when we were making the record, we had a lot of uh, we had a lot of really cool slide parts, and it was we were going over what we wanted on different songs, and this one just had that like dun 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 dun, dun perfect space for fiddle, like you know, bring it back home to like, because I grew up listening to Bob Wills and a lot of Western swing. My dad was real into it, so we and I and I think music is about like when people. When you make a record, it's got to like have little traces and breadcrumbs of your inspiration on it. Like it's, it shows yeah. you who, who, who you are as an artist, where you come from as an artist who inspired you. And fiddle was a big part. Like I grew up listening to George Strait and Bob Wills and all those guys. So it kind of just had to be there, you know? Yeah. Do you, re- do you remember the writing process of how you, like what came first? Were you like riffing on a guitar or... Like, you know, that, you know, you said that that riff came from somewhere. Did it originate like on a fiddle or did you just have like a basic structure first and then add that in? Like, how did the whole musical um, piece come together? I feel like it's when I when I write, I think I think a lot of people, uh, well, I assume that a lot of people, it the music comes with the song a lot of the times and you feel like. I feel like there's a perfect space that I leave when I'm writing for the production of things. Like if it's a slide part or a fiddle part, like with me, like when I play that acoustic, I kind of come in with a, a rhythmic um, strum on the on the heavy E string, which was where the fiddle would end up. So it's like, right. you know, so it's, yeah. uh, it all just kind of falls into place. And, you know, you, you got to give, well, I, yeah, I have to give credit to my producer, Michael Flanders. He, he, He's really, you know, you find those people that you really mesh with. It's like you almost don't even have to speak. You're just sitting there having a conversation without talking in the studio. Yeah. And they just get it. So he, he uh, props to him on just getting it. And I super appreciate it. Awesome. Where's Michael from? He is originally from Australia. Oh, okay. Uh, but he now lives in, in Nashville as well and has made a living here for uh, 10, oh man, uh, 20, maybe 15, 20 years now, I guess. I don't want to yeah. overshoot his age or anything there, but like, yeah, he's been, he's been busting it in town a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Where, where did you, how did you guys hook up? Do you see you gigging or you just guys, somebody connected you or? Yeah. It's, it's one of those crazy things. You just cross paths. I think, uh, my buddy who's a photographer and did my mute, he's done both of my music videos and does all my photo shoots. His name is PJ Shankle for three hat media here in town. Uh, he was doing a photo shoot with these kids who were in this, like, uh, I guess it'd be like alternative rock band. And, uh, Michael's son, Ben, who is also a phenomenal producer and guitar player. He plays for a uh, Scott Stapp of Creed. Uh, right now on the road yeah he's killing it but uh my buddy was doing a photo shoot for that band and uh and his son was the guitar player for the band so we just all kind of like became friends and crossed paths and he and i had similar music tastes and it turned into a record that i really love yeah just one of those cool nashville stories yeah yeah, did you um you've been you did a lot of touring. So um are you presently like gigging right now or are you you in the studio or where where are you right now in your in your everyday thing? What's going on with that? I'm uh, currently uh, in town most of the time right now. I'm doing some shows uh, as many as I can, but I kind of got to I'm staying close cuz I've I've gotten really into helping my friends write for their records, which has been like a really big honor and stuff. And it's like, you never know if they're going to cut a song or not, but I, uh, I just been scheduling co-writes and I play downtown on the weekend to keep my chops up. Yeah. Um, and while also writing for my next record, which is, uh, yeah, that's the constant struggle. Cause I, for my records, I usually write a lot, uh, by myself cause it's very like introspective. And with yeah. it within myself, like whatever's happening in my life or what I'm feeling empathy wise. Um, so it's, it's been, it's been a uh, busy with writing and, and like I said, playing on the weekends and, uh, but I'm, I'm, I really miss being out on the road to be honest with you. So I'm going to get back into it real soon because yeah. I, I miss it. Yeah. I saw in your bio, you did some touring in Europe too. How was that experience? 
That is the best, man. If I could yeah. go back every month, I totally would. Uh, that I, I I can't say that. I mean, you have great crowds. You know, it's hit or miss wherever you go. But Europe is one of those things. They just stand there in between songs. They stare at you, listen to you talk. As soon as you start playing, they're right back to dancing. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's the coolest thing ever. They, it's like it's a listening room, but it's like a sold out crowd. It's like you know an intimate setting in a big room. Yeah. And I, and you know, you know, you know, you don't usually get that here. I mean, not to say that it doesn't happen or like, you know, to talk smack about stuff, but people are so used to like shows happening everywhere here that I think it's it's more of a treat for them over there, and they really appreciate a specific type of music and sound. Yeah, that's been that way for a long, long time. I mean, um, even artists who. Um, who were like really, really big, you know, mainstream tops of everything, and then kind of, kind of, they fell off after years. They would go to Europe and tour, just and people would just, they don't care if they're thirty-year-old bands, you know, that have been had their day, but they just love whatever comes their way. And uh, I remember Meatloaf was really, really hot, and he went uh, off the charts for a long time, and he ended up playing in Europe all the time, and people just adored him, you know, they just like. And the Japanese, they love bands from the 50s, the 60s. It doesn't matter. They go crazy for American music. So I don't know what it is about, you know, just across the pond. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's been going on for a long time between, you know, people love American artists over here and, like, we love the Brits or whatever was happening, you know. with, You know, I remember the uh, Stray Cats, a band from Long Island, they couldn't mm-hmm. get arrested out there, and they went to they went to London, and all of a sudden it's like, "Have you heard about the Stray Cats? All those guys from Long Island? Well, they're the biggest thing going right now, you know." So there's something about uh, you can't be famous from where you live, you know. It's like you have to go somewhere else to be appreciated. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's it's like it's like one of those things you can't. You, no one really like it's uh, like you're. You're in your own house, your family, they don't take you seriously. But as soon as you walk out the door, everyone loves you. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like, I wish I knew that when I was seven. <laughs> yeah, man, I would have left home way earlier. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, let's play another one, Jeremy. This one is Burn This House Down. Here we go. Yeah. 
house down wow there's a story in there jeremy what is going on with burn this house down great song by the way thank you very much it's a it's a metaphor just for the record there's no houses were harmed in the making of that song <laughs> okay uh, the, i'm relieved <laughs> it was a it was about um my my parents were going through a nasty divorce after like almost 50 years of marriage so it was wow. really intense and unexpected and so the first time i ever went home and I, I grew up in the same house. I, I grew up in San Antonio. It's a military town, but I was one of the only kids that like stayed rooted in the same spot. Um, and it, you know, you you grow up in a place, and and it's so it's so familiar and comfortable. And then I remember walking back through the door the first time that the the after the split had occurred, and I uh, it was just so unfamiliar and cold. And I, uh, it was a, it was a, I, I, I process things in a way that I can't really verbally express sometimes, but music has always been there for me as my way to, to vent. And uh, it's my therapy, so to speak. And I, uh, I was able to put into words what I needed to do to move on past that. Yeah. So it's, I, I use, uh, music is my, my therapy and it, this was a, uh, a perfect way to I found the words by writing this song of like how to deal with something that is just so heavy and it, you know it is what it is I couldn't do anything about it like it was a divorce is a divorce and it was final but I I, I wanted to find a way to say that something had changed and I, I didn't I didn't know how to deal with that so metaphorically it's I I, I you know, I burn the house down, you're burning memories. And we've heard that in songs before, but it, this is a way of going like, oh, I can start fresh from the ashes of this, this burning house metaphor. Right. Like this is, a, this is a new place because so much has changed inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are, yeah, those are really challenging struggles. Um, how old were you when this happened? Oh, man, this was like, yeah, I was, I was in my mid to late 20s so it's like i mean i'm i'm 30 now so it's it's been over the past like four or five years yeah. like i wrote the i wrote the record around the whole experience and the the uh the what i was saying earlier about my dad being like oh man you know you're writing a lot of morbid songs for this yeah. record that was it was around <laughs> that time and so it was a big uh emotional shift for me as a person i had to like kind of reanalyze a lot of things and uh so it it was a perfect time to be making a record because a lot of people have been able to connect with it because of that. Because yeah. we all we you know like I said, life happens. So. Right. Are you writing? Are you writing EPs, Jeremy? Are you writing full length albums? Like, what's your you know what's your go to strategy? I think I I kind of I let an idea find me, and uh, when it when I'm ready to make another record. I line up a bunch of songs and thematically if there's like five that fit perfectly into or between you know an EP is approximately like four to what eight nine songs and then an LP would be more than that uh I kind of just let let the music speak to me in a not that sounds weird but you know what I mean yeah uh, right if it if it has a if the storyline uh, requires more more songs it'll it'll be a full-length record but you know if thematically if it's there in five songs and it's an EP you know you can always uh, putting out new music I think is is 
is the important thing like having having stuff where people could be like oh i see he's grown as a writer i see he's grown as a person i see he's in a better place now you know it's, yeah. yeah yeah it's cool it's, it's, so, true. it's about you the could, journey yeah. yeah it's so true because you could never be the person you are now without you know the preceding work that 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 followed your whole journey you know and it's it's just building blocks it's one after another and you can't get up here without going through you know the the lower processes of just figuring out who you are becoming a better singer a better songwriter and and I'm all about like being the best you can be on every level with everything you do and so everything kind of grows at the same time you know like yeah. vocals and writing and uh you know, assessment of arrangements, like just your thought process, like starts to break out and you become more and more of who you are. And that, that journey is just priceless in my mind. It's just fabulous to have that and to, and to think you're never going to get there. And that's the beauty of it. You don't want to arrive somewhere. You want to keep going, you know? Yeah. It's like that. You want, you want to just stay in the elevator and just keep going up yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah like yeah. what am I going to see next week? This is cool, man. <laughs> Skyline yeah. is limitless. Yeah. There's, there's highs and lows too, but that's the beauty of it. One thing in, in, yeah. in talking about this, it, it brings up something that I, I like to talk about because there's a lot of fans who get mad at a lot of artists. They're like, Oh man, he's not writing like college and drinking songs anymore. I was like, yeah, he's he's forty years old, man. He's got like three kids now. He can't do that anymore. And people be right. like, I miss those days. And I'm like, you can still go back and listen to the old records. What's wrong yeah. with you? That's very true. That's very I mean, true. I mean, as an artist, as artists, I think we get it more because we want to see the growth. We want to see that change. It's like you know, it's like that. People like want to see people want to keep hearing people that were in like musical puberty so to speak they wanted yeah. to stay that way i was like what happened to that angst i was like well i got old and happier i'm sorry I yeah <laughs> <laughs> old and happier that's awesome yeah. <laughs> hey let's talk about uh just a little bit about social media what are your favorite jams i see you're you're um you're on instagram twitter and facebook um anything in particular that you uh, prefer that's that's kind to you and good to you that you feel well connected to that you could share with us? Uh, as far as the social media platforms? Yeah. It, Instagram is my favorite. I, I, I think the, the setup is so easy to use. And if uh, I, I love posting like positive vibe stuff on there and everything like goofy cat pictures. Right. Uh, so that that's probably the best place to find me. And there's there's a link to all that stuff at my website, jeremyparsonsmusic.com. Yeah. In the last, I've been asking this question for three years now since I started this show. And um, hands down, Instagram is the musician's bomb. I mean, it's like, you know, not one person that I've had on here said, you know, what well, people will say they have a favorite, but Instagram is always like the leader for, for artistic endeavors, it seems. You know, it just has the right platform for some reason. Yeah, it's the perfect, I think it's that perfect attention-grabbing, like, square frame setup that really, like, gets it. But, I mean, and also, too, because Facebook and Twitter seem like it's such a, it could be, like, kind of a, not not to get into it, but, like, toxic place because people are, there's so much drama on them both. Yeah. Not that it's not on Instagram, but, like, it seems like Instagram is more of, like, a billboard uh, for people who have stuff to advertise. Yeah. 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 And, and this is what I have. You like me? Great. If you don't, that's cool. So, it's mm -hmm. yeah, there's no time for the whole political whatever mess that's yeah. going on. Hey, tell me about your guitar playing. Um, like, uh, as far as your performances, are you a lead guitar player? Um, you play electric and acoustic, I, I noticed. And just give me some of your influences um, that brought you to craft and design the person who you are today. Man, I, uh, I really like... Um, I grew up listening to guys like Merle Travis and Chet Atkins. I'm nowhere near that level of playing, but like I really like how they left like in a lot of open room for picking and stuff and it was a lot of like just really note for note expressive stuff and I, I really love like Ryan Adams and the Jason Isbell's like slide playing and yeah. and like a little bit of that like it's chicken picking mixed with grunge like a yeah. little bit and like right. I mentioned Tom Petty earlier man that dude is like I mean right there at the center of my soul when it comes to that 
Um, yeah, talk about orchestrated guitars, the way to do them properly and just have that balance of, you know, a Les Paul dirty sound on one side and that clean Rickenbacker on the other. It's just a, a melding of beauty, you know? Oh, it's just it, amazing. It's one of those, say, we're talking about music and just getting it. Like, he, it was emotionally perfect. Like, yeah. everything that came through, like, to your ears was just like, what just happened? That was so yeah. cool. Like, it wasn't even like, the most like ripping guitar solo ever it was just like it, it just made you feel things and that's yeah. I, I like that a lot like it's uh and i i don't play lead out a lot because i'm usually doing acoustic rhythm but i'm i'm definitely getting into it more yeah. these days that's something you kind of have to like get over yourself about because there's so many good lead players yeah but like i think everyone who's got a personality like no one plays guitar like you play guitar Right. You know, and I, exactly. I think that's important to remember. Like, so it's, you know, when people hear, y your fingers have a voice too. That's true. That's yeah. true. That personality shines through. And it's like, you know, it, the, what you said about guitar playing also applies to songwriting and singing too, because there's always sure. room for another good song and another good artist. You know, as many mm -hmm. as we have, you know, they'll always will make room on the shelf. You know, people will just say, yeah, I, I just, I just love the way this guy does X, whether it's singing his writing or, or the, or this woman plays guitar or whatever. So, um, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's like, you know, just shine your art forth, you know, let, let us see what you got, you know, Absolutely, speaking of yeah. what we got, how about, I want, this is a cool title. Why is the bluebird blue? <laughs> I think we got to play that one and then we're going to talk about it. fans that was the video <laughs> but i didn't know it i didn't realize i thought there was two titles of bluebirds here but we're gonna rally we always have another method to get more juice out of our artists 
right back to the interview with Jeremy after this word. Have you connected with your gratitude today? I think I have something that will help inspire you. It's the brand new release from James Kevin O'Connor. Gratitude, recorded on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee with producer Kim Copeland and team, is James' third full-length album in four years. Ten amazing songs, each one a different story about the emotions, journeys and experiences that you and I have lived. Songs like Dreamer, Jesus Teaches, Tango On and 51 Shades of Grey. And of course, the title track, Gratitude. Pick up the brand new CD today with amazing artwork and photography at iTunes, CD Baby and Amazon. Or simply go to jameskevinoconnor.com for your download right now. Send someone that you love a copy of Gratitude today. It might be exactly what they need in their life right now. Gratitude, the new release by James Kevin O'Connor. All right. So tell us, I'm telling you, that was that was awesome. Why is the bird blue? Why is the bluebird blue? <laughs> it's Good a, title, it's man. One, it's, thank you. Yeah, it's one of those like uh, it's it's never really answered in the uh, in the song, and a lot of people are like, why is the bluebird blue? I'm like, it's some like uh, chlorophyll thing, you know. I don't. You got to Google it, but if you want the actual scientific answer, but it, in this song, uh, particularly, it is a, it is one of those Shakespearean like uh, what light through yonder window breaks type of questions. <laughs> uh, it's a man. The song is about a, a person seeking. Um, he, he is lonesome, he is blue, and he's trying to find that in something else. And this bluebird just happens upon his window seal. And he's thinking, oh, maybe maybe this guy is feeling like I'm feeling too. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's like we, we all get – and, and that, that title came from people like, oh, man, I bet you there's a really, like, crazy heavy backstory behind this. I was like, it's thematically along the lines of the whole record. But this idea came from uh, – the guy that I mentioned earlier who actually filmed the music video, we were sitting on his porch and I was playing guitar. And he goes, Jeremy, look at that uh, Look at that bluebird over there. And I'm like, dude, that's a blue jay. Come on. <laughs> and like my dad's a big like, it, he's he loves uh, studying birds or or ornithology as they call it. It's like I love throwing that word around. It's like probably one of the fanciest words I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> ornithology. But, uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. I was like, it's a and, it, and that that song, uh, the last verse. I like to joke on stage. I was like, this is actually ornithologically accurate because a bluebird is a low flying bird, and I got to use it um, to say it's like I'm about as blue. I'm about as low as a bluebird flies. So it's uh, it was. It was fun. I had to call my dad for that one. Be like, "Hey, is a bluebird a low flying bird?" He's like, "Absolutely." I was like, "Perfect." <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, tell me about your setup on stage. Um, when you're uh, when you're out performing, what is what is the band uh, that you go with? If if you're not playing solo, like if you're, do you have uh, multiple different setups, or do you go with one, you know, set of guys, or how does it work for you? I usually have the uh, the same set of guys, and it'll be either like it, it, if it's uh, just not me solo acoustic. I, I like to have um, my more intimate setting is uh, like no drums, like because it's just it it can be a lot of noise sometimes. Yeah, right. No offense to drummers, y'all are great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, um, I like to have my producer who plays multiple stringed instruments. He brings his steel guitar and he's really good at slide. He's got this like telly that he set up with a uh, a slide pickup in it. Yeah. And it's not, it's just so grungy and, and really emotionally perfect. And then I have a bass player with me and then I'll do some acoustic uh, noodling and stuff. And it just, it really gives the crowd that like, especially if we're just going to be opening. Like yeah. if they want to, if they want a big noise, and we'll we'll bring in a drummer, and the guy that I like to play with me, he played on the first Counting Crows record. Oh uh, really? Yeah, he's so good at like filling a. He just like fills this space that like I leave with the way that I sing and play. Yeah. Like so, he's just right there with me, like these really nice like cymbal shimmers and grooves, and it's just it's so good, but. 
My my uh, my favorite setup is just like the strip bass player and slide in the background, just for the yeah. really good. I feel like that uh, that's where I land. Like um, emotionally, I feel more emotionally comfortable in that pocket. As a guitar player, who influenced you? Like to start, you you gave me a couple of your heroes early, but like, were you like in grade school, or were you in you know like like kindergarten? Like, when did you start with music? How did you originally get connected? I think my uh, my so I was I was adopted by my grandparents, and my dad was a. Uh, he was in agriculture a lot, and he traveled, and he loved listening to the radio, loved uh, listening to music, and he ended up uh, getting on a country station as like their their ag reporter type guy when I was very young. Uh, so, well, he would take me with him on the weekends, and it it became one of those things where music was kind of just all around me, and he loved to go to shows, and because he was at a country station, he would get a lot of free tickets. Right. So I I would get to go to these concerts, and I guess we were going a lot when I was like eight or nine. You know, I mean, I guess a lot of kids, like parents, try to be like, oh, maybe, you know, he's always outside. Maybe we could find him a different hobby. And they, they bought me this cheap guitar and tried to get me lessons. But, like, my attention span was just like, I'm not sitting down for 30 minutes. Like, right. So it wasn't until I was in high school and my friends were doing a lot of nefarious activities we know what people do when they're in high school and i i guess i had a uh, older siblings who had uh, just been so reckless and i didn't want to i wanted to give my parents a little bit of a break right so i was like i need to find something to do that's not drugs or you know every girl in my high school <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> so I, I went home and the guitar was just in my closet and i was like i could probably you know acclimate some of my time and i don't know what happened? I, I remember I was 17, and I remember being 18 and just being way better at guitar because I had just blacked out and gotten really into it. Yeah. It just uh, the bug bit me, and it is later than most people, but it, it was it was enough to. I mean, here we are, like 13 years later, and I, I when I was 18, I guess I start I played my first open mic in Texas, and then everyone took to it and I just kept doing it and we played in Austin and traveled as much as we could. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I opened up for George Jones in Houston in uh, November of 2008 and then moved wow. to Nashville in 2009. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's, re that's really fabulous. George Jones, man. Hey, be DJ for me. Okay. And pick out another song. We're going to play one more before we say goodbye. So what would you prefer? Uh, hope, circumstance, Devil's Daughter, Lisa's Lost. What, what do you want to hear? What do you want to play for people? Yeah, I, I would be good with Hope. That's, hope. A, I was, that's, that's a, the one I was going to pick. So okay, I, cool. I tell you, we were brilliant minds think alike. So here we go with Hope. And never plan.
Yeah, so so we're we're having a few challenges here. The uh, Munchkins are in the pipe, but uh, Jeremy, tell us about Hope. What was the story behind that, and and why did you write it? So this one is actually I love telling this story because, like I, I, I said earlier, my dad was like, "Oh, a lot of these songs are pretty dark." Jer- Excuse me, a lot of these songs are pretty dark, Jeremy. And my producer at one point, we were in the studio. He goes said the exact same thing. And I was like, what is the deal with everybody? Can I not just be expressive? You know, of course, just joking. And he was like, you know, we, we could probably get a love song on here somewhere. And I was like, uh, Mike, I'm kind of like, be, I'm kind of trying to figure love out again, man. You got to give me some time. You know, my definition of love was kind of shattered like a really cheap picture frame. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, is Michael, Michael Flanders. You told Yeah. Michael yeah. Flanders. Okay. Yeah, my producer. Right. And, uh, and, and and so I went home and, and the hope comes from it's like it's kind of like a, a love song that I, I was forced to write. <laughs> yeah, so it was like right. so it's got this message of and it turned out really good. I actually really like the song. It's it's a it's a album favorite. A lot of people want it to be the next single and I'm in the process of maybe thinking about that too. Uh I'm in between hope and making things up as I go between you and I. It's like uh, it's it's tough to pick because I I'm so personally connected with the whole record, uh, but yeah, this one it was like one of those things where I was uh, in and out of relationships a lot at the time, so I didn't really have a good example of it myself. So it was just, I was like I took a friend's relationship and he was like he he was trying it was almost like he was trying to be in a relationship, but like. He wanted to find some reason to get out of it. He was like, man, if she just wasn't so dang perfect, it would be easy to dump her. And I was like, stealing that. Yeah. So the course is like, it's like, stop being so damn perfect. Stop being so damn kind. It's like got this like, how dare you be so great? I can't even break up with you type yeah. of thing. So it's, it turned into this really lighthearted jam. And it's, it's, it's been received really well, con- considering like where it came from as a song, you know? Yeah. Awesome, man. Great, great music. You know, um, just winding down here, I think it's really awesome to have uh, somebody like you to give people, you know, food for thought about the different things, you know, you've been through and how you're taking your career and the way you think about your career is really important, too, because you don't put it out there as if I don't get this, then the world falls apart. You're just enjoying the ride, man, which I just love to see. So uh, in parting, uh, Jeremy, thanks so much. Um, any last parting words for the fan base out there? Um, we're going to put all your socials um, in the show notes so people have access to them. But anything you want to say to the uh, people now in 71 countries uh, all over the world listening to this broadcast? Dang, that's awesome. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you to you for doing this and all that you do. This is awesome. And you know, thanks for everyone for listening and like hanging in there with us. And I think it's important. Like, I love what I do and I do what I love. And I, I hope everyone out there has something like that or finds something like that in their life because I think it it keeps you it keeps you young, it keeps you healthy, it feeds your soul. And I I think uh, I hope that for everyone that they they can find something like that because it's it's it gets me through every day. Jeremy Parsons, ladies and gentlemen. Jeremy, it was a pleasure. Uh, I just want to wish you all the luck and success in the world on your journey. And thank you for being a part of the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you so much. Making things up as I go. Burn this house down. And the video, Why is the Bluebird Blue? And the bonus rally round, Hope. I hope you guys enjoyed this visit with Jeremy Parsons, a total creative master. Following his journey, he's being led. And isn't that the best way to do it? Check out Jeremy on his website, jeremyparsonsmusic.com. He's on Instagram. He's on Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, iTunes. He's everywhere. The most ubiquitous Jeremy Parsons. Hey, if you guys have not taken advantage yet of the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page, please go over there. You can post your content. If you've got a new song, a new album, a new video, if you've got a gig, a tour, anything going on, maybe a new photo shoot, 
or you just want to support another artist, we welcome you with open arms or growing like wildfire. Come on over to the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page. Show your support for indie music worldwide. And again, thank you, Singaporeans, for making us top of the pile. Man, number one in all categories today in Singapore. And of course, number one in music and iTunes in the U.S. and a bunch of others. Uh, thank you so much for the support. It means the world. And if you find it in your heart, please subscribe, rate, and review this show in iTunes. And also stop by, stop by the Dharmic Evolution uh, a website and uh, dharmicevolution.com and please post a comment about this show what you like what you don't like what you'd like to see more of uh, you know we're specifically singer songwriters and authors speakers and thought leaders and every so often we throw in some coaching and some things that have value bombs for you folks out there who are on the creative front lines that's why we do these things so if um, you guys have some suggestions if you'd like to weigh in and tell us how we're doing on the show, we'd love to hear from you. If you're a singer, songwriter, author, speaker, thought leader, I want you. Yes, you. Go over to dharmicevolution.com. Go to the guest tab. Fill out your assets. Drop it in and we'll see if we can get you scheduled on the show. Would you like to visit 71 countries? The new country of the week is Lao, Democratic People's Republic. <laughs> I love it. Okay, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage.